Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Talk Bible to Me podcast. I'm your co-host, Megan Rawlings, joined by my wonderful, beautiful co-host... Emily Richardson. Emily, guess what I learned? Um, Actually, hold up. Reel it back. First of all, a couple weeks ago, I was in Orlando during the hurricane. Yeah. Hurricane Ian. You survived. And I did. Um, We actually were in an area that was not... Like, there was a lot of wind and rain, but we didn't flood. But something, um, while I was on that trip, a lighthearted subject, I learned that I love sparkling water. You do. I do. I'm a Perrier girl now. Who knew? I can't do it. I can't this do This is sparkling water. You miss. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I've tried every kind, and I it just, like, this, especially the flavored ones. They smell stronger than they taste. And I can't, like, it's the fizzy and the, it's not, if I'm going to have something fizzy, it's got to have a lot of flavor. So I can Yeah. I don't do the flavored ones. Mine is just sparkling water. And it's interesting because I've never liked it before. But if you go into it with the mentality that it's just water with a little dance on your tongue, then it's (laughs) delicious. (laughs) I don't want my water to dance on my tongue. I just wanted to. I just wanted to be cold. But I don't drink pop, and so um, I forgot that fizzy things get flat, and so my water's flat. I didn't know that was a thing. Which just makes it (laughs) water, right? It's just water. It just tastes like water. But it's like every drink I take, I I expect the dance, and it's just like a bunch of wallflowers. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Anyhow, yeah, so um, it was so embarrassing, though, because I was with my friend, Brianna. She went to Florida with me, and we were at Spire, and I loved it. It was so fun, and I was sitting with this pastor at dinner, and I he ordered the fizzy water, and I thought it was regular water, so I poured it, <clears throat> and it was dancing in my glass, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> and I, like, there was a whole bunch of people around, so I wasn't going to be like, no thanks, so I was like, yeah, just suck it up and drink it. And I actually liked it. So on the way home, I said, ooh, I want to try that Perrier. She goes, no, 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 it's Perrier. And I said, oh. And my husband, I called him and he goes, it's French. Mm-hmm. I They're said, very oh. They're about their language. Wow. Way to go, French. I like your water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I tried. Not for me. I love it. Okay, Emily, tell me something fun that happened to you this week, and then we'll dive into Hosea chapter 13. Okay. Uh, I got to go to Nashville. What? What did you do there? I was at the Renew and Discipleship.org conferences. Yeah? um, Which are great. Um, It was a good time. We took our, my husband took our church staff, so we all got to bond. But the best part, I mean, the conference was really good, but the best part is we did karaoke in downtown Nashville. Which was okay. Hold on. So fun. I don't understand why you throw such a fit about doing karaoke with me in a car, but you're willing to do karaoke with a whole staff in yeah. Nashville where there's an actual audience. I mean, I was terrified. But here's the thing: it's like the smaller the group that you have to sing in front of, the more terrifying it is for me, at least. I could sing in front of a thousand people, and I, it'd be fine because you can't see like individual faces. But singing in front of like one or two people is is terrifying. 
But karaoke was like the nice middle ground. It was like, I don't know, maybe 20 people in there. How did you get hooked up with Renew? You um, you write for Renew, don't you? I do. Who who hooks me up with Renew? That doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. I want you to talk about your your articles. That was I'm trying to plug it out there for you. Not take credit. No, Megan hooked me up with Renew. So <laughs> that was. I'm sorry. That I was trying to get you to plug your articles. Not like everyone. Look at me. I did a good thing. <laughs> I know. No, I know. You're like the most selfless person. I, um. I'm really not. It takes a lot of work, Emily, because this is not natural. You do a good job of it. Oh, the Holy Spirit does a good job. And it was, it was good. It was, it's intimidating because they're all very, very smart people. Um, but I enjoy writing for them. Yay! I'm due for a new one here soon. But life is... Life gets busy in October, I'll tell you. Hey, man. What are you going to write on? Do you know yet? No, I don't. I actually, they they don't know this because I told them I was going to write one thing uh, back in, um, I think it was like March. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, actually, Emily will write. No. Um, I, so I have this article that I really want to write and I think I'm going to write it for them. And I'm going to tell you what it is. You guys, this is an exclusive. Are you ready? Which means this holds you accountable to doing it. You got to do it now. Yeah, I'm not committing to a time and date. I'm just saying I will do it. Let's hear it. It's actually, it's literally on my to-do list. So Bobby and Daniel and Jason and Mike, if you are listening, it's coming your way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to write an article on... um, there has been a lot of discussions that I've been a part of recently where people are using um, the idea that things are just quote unquote cultural. So it's not culturally relevant anymore to um, be their foundation for a lot of arguments that they're making whenever they're debating topics within scripture. And my big thing um, I sat on it for a while. I've talked to people about it. And I, I think this is like my, this is where I stand on it. Cultural relevance should enhance your understanding of scripture, not dismiss its mm. intentions. Okay. Give me like a brief explanation because I'm so curious about that. Okay. So I'll get the, I'll get more of it later, but. Yeah. So let's, let's go there for women's roles in the church. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Um, we can't say that the cultural – and there's there's different levels here, right? It's like an onion. So there's different layers. And so um, when it says that, like, it gives the standards for men to be elders or pastors or whatever, and, and then it's like women's roles are this or whatever, we can't say, oh, that's culturally irrelevant. It's only – in that sense, because the Holy Spirit knew what was going to happen in the 21st century when he inspired scripture. Mm-hmm. So, like, that argument does not stand. It doesn't have a firm foundation. And so our understanding of um, what's happening in Ephesians or in Titus or whatever we're, wherever we're reading um, the understanding of culture needs to enhance what that means and help us understand it deeper, not dismiss what the author is saying. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to read it. Write it soon. 
Yeah. I really got to work through it. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, but on the same hand, on a different token, the different side of the same token. I think that's the saying. I don't know the saying. It's a cliche, but I love it. Um, it says for like women to be silent in the church. Right. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean we're not allowed to talk in the church. Like the cultural relevance enhances what that means. It doesn't dismiss what it means. And I'll put that in my paper. So my article. So Ooh, I can't wait. I know. We need and that. We so need that. Yeah. So, uh, but I just, yep. <laughs> I love women and I think we play a huge role in the church. Um, and I think we play a really important role in the church and I want women to see that like scripturally, like God uses us a lot and we need to like live up to that, but we can't dismiss the things that people are saying and use the, uh, use the saying that it's culturally irrelevant. Cause that's, if we do that with that argument, then you can literally make anything in scripture, any command cultural relevance yep right and so we have to be really careful with those arguments yeah and a lot of people do do that yeah all right hosea 13 i don't want to talk about that anymore (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to give it away i want to write it in this article and i want i want people to read it i apologize ahead of time if my kids come in my husband's out hunting and so um so real life you're getting real life here Good. So Bring him in. Old. Let him hang out. <laughs> Talk theology with a seven-year-old. Actually, it'd probably be riveting. Some of the questions they ask gets me thinking. Kids are cute. I want to it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Hosea chapter 13. Let's start in verse one. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I, if I had to take a wild stab at it, I would say Emily is probably reading from the English Standard Version. I sure am. Got me That's there. right. <laughs> okay, here we go. <clears throat> Verse one. Um, what do you? What are your notes? Where do your notes go? Um, they're all kind of one through three. You could do one through three. That'd be fine. Okay. Okay. Hosea thirteen one through three. When the tribe of Ephraim spoke to people, sorry. When the tribe of Ephraim spoke, the people shook with fear, for the tribe was important in Israel. But the people of Ephraim sinned by worshiping Baal, and thus sealed their destruction. Now they continue to sin by making silver idols, images shaped skillfully with human hands, sacrifice to these, they cry, and kiss the calf idols. Therefore they will disappear like the morning mist, like dew in the morning sun, like shaft blown by the wind, like smoke from a chimney. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I have uh, notes just talking about how Ephraim, the tribe itself, not just like the um, metaphor of um, people, but the actual tribe, they used to be respected by all nations. And then they started worshiping Baal. And so they were going into this paganism that led them away from the Lord. And because of that, they became weak. And um, so the Lord is just, you know, basically explaining what happened to them here. And how their Baal worship resulted in spiritual death because um, they turned from God. And then to uh, kiss an image. So when it says they, those who offer human sacrifice kiss calves, 
it's just talking about they're paying homage to that idol when you kiss something back then or I don't know maybe in other cultures now um it would be to, to pay homage to it so um I thought that was interesting because I feel like we're kind of seeing that in our own country right now um just turning away not that our country always followed God's ways but I will say more so when it was founded um we're watching with our own eyes what it looks like to see what culture does when they turn away from God and when they follow idols and refuse to worship the Lord. And obviously I don't think you can really get a whole nation to come. I mean, God can, we can't get a whole nation to come to him. But um, I just felt like I was reading something that really made me see our own culture through scripture's eyes. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I love, so I recently just uh, was reading in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, and it says that, um, <laughs> I think one translation said that uh, when the angel appeared at the uh, tomb, uh, the guards shook like um, dead men. And I, we were just, I just was translating that. Um, and it was like, they were shaking so violently from fear. Right. And then it's like, they yeah. just passed out. Mm, yeah. And <clears throat> that's kind of the, and I don't know if it's cause I just read that and then this, but it says the people shook with fear. And I just imagine that same kind of like, yeah, ah, I don't know that it was probably that deep. I just thought that was, that's kind of what came to my head. And yeah. also <clears throat> I think it's really interesting because, um, if you'll remember back when Moses and the Israelites were traveling in the wilderness and Moses went up on the mountain to be with God and receive the commandments and, and um, laws, <clears throat> my gosh, I shouldn't have ate ice cream. Um, Aaron was down with the Israelites creating what? A golden calf. A golden calf. And so I... I just thought that was, I don't know, that immediately drew me to the calf concept of like mm -hmm. this constant worshiping of um, cows. <laughs> of all animals. <laughs> yeah. Which is That's weird. That's the first one I would think of. I mean, I guess, I guess they, they do a lot for, you know, farming milk and they eat the grass and I don't know. Anyway. I, know, I just, if you've ever been around cows, like they're cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, there's always flies around. Mm -hmm. They smell bad. They move slow. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, not something I'd want to worship. No. <laughs> I don't know. First thing that comes to mind, my parents live across from a cow, a dairy farm in Indiana. And so we see the cows all the time when we visit there and they're all like, they're just, they're not, you don't think like powerful creature when you're looking no. at a cow. <laughs> I, I guess like maybe if you were like worshiping a lion or a tiger okay. or a bear, oh my, but no cows. Okay. Whatever. Yep. Honestly though, maybe that paints the best picture of how ridiculous idol worship is. Like yeah. that you will choose anything regardless of how powerful or not powerful it is because it's you think it's meeting your needs. I don't know. Whatever they're thinking shows how ridiculous it is though. All right. All right. You want to go next? Sure. Um, let's see. How far do you want me to read? I think I have four through eight. Okay. I can do that. Cool. Um, 
But I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. It was I who knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. But when they had grazed, they became full. They were filled, and their heart was lifted up. Therefore they forgot me. So I am to them like a lion, like a leopard I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breasts, and I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open. Interesting. Nice little word picture right there. Do you you like how I said a lion? I could understand. Mm-hmm. I set that up. Okay, I just I didn't know if anyone was catching on, but I really I was. Uh, sometimes I get insecure, and it's like I need to point out that I set it up <laughs> instead of just letting you see it. I was actually just about to say, like, look at that. Good job. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go first again? Sure. Um, okay. You can go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me a question. <laughs> okay. So I have been the Lord your God ever since I brought you out of Egypt. And again, this is, um, he was God before uh, Egypt, but this is like giving them a starting point, right? And <clears throat> you must acknowledge no God but me. And I think you said you must know no God but me. And this is just confirmation again of the New, the New Testament, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> And um, these are like the very first two commandments, right? Um, Number one, have no other gods before me. Number two, no graven images. And they've broken both of those. Um, And this is God just telling them, I took care of you all of those years. I gave you water. I gave you something to drink. I gave you food. Um, And I fattened you up. So now I'm going to eat you like a lion. Sorry, I had to hop up. My dogs are barking. My kids are trying to ask for food. We're here, though. We're here. I was. T- I said, uh, God said he was fattening him up so that way he could eat them like a lion. That was a joke, but you weren't <laughs> here to laugh there. at it. <laughs> out there is laughing with you. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, I said... I said lions, tigers, and bears, and I should have oh said lions, leopards, and bears. Well, you know. I was a leopards, missed lions. opportunity. <laughs> missed opportunity. <laughs> all right, your turn. It's it's all because I'm I'm taking care of family life here. If I was fully here, I'd be laughing at all your jokes, I promise. That's okay. It's actually very humbling because my husband says I'm not funny and I feel like when you laugh and encourage is something that should not be encouraged. So <laughs> you're funny. Otherwise That's I because be you're nice. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, eat some okay. ice cream while you talk about your stuff. Please do. Please do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and all of you listening, go grab your own bowl of ice cream and just join in on this this real life episode. <laughs> Um, so I have for verses five and six where it's talking about um, when they had grazed, they became full, they were filled, their heart was lifted up, therefore they forgot me. Um, and I just thought this is a picture of when we become materially full. So when we seek after all the material things and we just, you know, go after our goals and we hustle for whatever, we become spiritually empty usually because mm. we are so focused on that material thing that we're chasing after. This is what happened to them. They were looking to other kings and they were other nations to provide for them and not looking to the Lord. And they forgot about God because they don't, you don't see a need for God when you're 
um, when you have everything you need materially. So. Absolutely. Um, speaking of material, we think that you have too much. So why don't you head on over to patreon.com forward slash the bulb movement and share with us. I'm totally. I was looking for a segue and that felt good. Um, yeah, let me, let me backtrack here on a serious note. If you guys would like back, back, uh, behind the scenes, nothing about backs. Behind the scenes material, if you want to um, encourage us with your monetary support, there are um, special meetups that you get to participate in. There's polls, there's extra behind the scenes. You're the first to know stuff, and you can get all of that at patreon.com forward slash the bull movement. Hope you head on over. Now back to the show. All right, Emily. <laughs> Our videos are also on Patreon. So if you want to see what we look like, Emily's having a great hair day. I'm looking like a hot mess. It's a good time. Over at Patreon. I love it. (laughs) It's very mermaid. Um, Okay. I have verses 9 through 11. Ready? You are about to be destroyed, O Israel. Yes, by me. Your one helper. Now, where is your king? Let him save you. Where are all the leaders of the land? The king and the officials you demanded of me? In my anger, I gave you kings. And in my fury, I took them away. I'm just picturing somebody sitting in their car listening to this episode. And all of a sudden it gets real loud. (laughs) 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 This super serious... <laughs> Anywho, I wanted to try my movie trailer voice. <laughs> it's 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 some. <laughs> so I love that first line. You are about to be destroyed, Emily. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If somebody's sitting in their car, and then that's suddenly real loud in their speaker. I'm sorry if that was you, listener. Was it loud? It got louder when you when you went forward. Is it because I'm on the microphone? It is. Okay, it is. I guess I won't do that then. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, God is fed up. Um, and if you'll remember in verse 10, now where is your king? Let him save you. Where are your leaders? I'm the one who gave them because you demanded them. If you guys will remember back a little while ago with uh, King Saul, um, Israel demanded a king and he was like I'm your king and they're like we want a human king so he's like fine take the tallest guy which was Saul and that turned out to be a disaster so then he was like forget Saul he's no longer a godly man I'm going to have Samuel anoint king David mm-hmm. and David was a man after God's own heart but he definitely was not perfect and mm-hmm. then Daniel had Solomon and Solomon was you know he wasn't thinking with his head. (laughs) I mean, he was thinking with his heart. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if there's kids listening. He was thinking with his heart and feelings, which are deceitful and misleading, and he let women persuade him different ways, even though he was one of the wisest kings. Um... 
And then Solomon's kids were a mess. And that's kind of where we're at. It's like all of these people were an absolute disaster. And so King God is like, all right, now what? What are you going to do? I told you that these guys were not good kings. They're cowards because they're human, right? And I'm God. So I feel like this episode's pretty controversial. <laughs> it is. <laughs> my oh my. <laughs> it is. It is. All right, what do you got? Let's see. Um I just love the the tone in a loving way, but um of I told you so. <laughs> kind of the whole like you asked for this. So this is what you get and honestly as as a parent, I'm standing here with my 4-year-old. <laughs> um like how many times I have done that? I'm like, oh, don't touch the stove. And then they touch the stove. And then you're like, well, you know, how's your finger now? <laughs> it's like it's the same feeling. Like, where's your king now? What's your king doing? Um, this thing that you begged for uh, ended up being a big part of the downfall. So. <laughs> she is so cute. All right. Do you want me to read the rest of it for you? Yeah, go for it. Do you want to do it? I can. What verses? 12 through the rest. Sorry, you froze for a second. 12 through the rest. 12 through the rest. 12 through the rest. All right. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is kept in store. The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son, for at the right time he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. Shall I ransom them from the power of Sheol? Shall I redeem them from death? O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Though he may flourish among his brothers, the east wind, the wind of the Lord shall come, rising from the wilderness, and his fountain shall dry up. His spring shall be parched. It shall strip his treasury of every precious thing. Samaria shall bear her guilt because she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their little ones shall be dashed in pieces and their pregnant women ripped open. Phew. All right. Thank you for tuning in. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, verse 12. Uh, it talks about iniquities in case. that I, th- I feel like that's kind of a word that we don't use too frequently. And that's guilt. Like. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about Ephraim's guilt there. Um, I don't know. What What do you have? Let's see. Um, uh, so the verse in, let's see. I got to go back and find it. Um, sorry. You're good. I lost my spot. Um, I thought it was interesting, that section about the childbirth. Um, And the note I had, it's from my commentary, the Expositor's Bible Commentary. It's on verse 13 where it says, The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he's an unwise son. For at the right time, he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. It's kind of an interesting and weird word picture. But uh, So my commentary says, Likening a son being born to a mother, this son, he says, was without wisdom because he did not come to the womb at the proper time for the birth. God, in other words, was bringing punishment on Israel so that the people might be reborn to follow him as he desired, but they were foolish and not grasping the opportunity. And so um, I just love that it was talking about this idea of rebirth, you know, as 
as Christians, we are, we, we die to our sin and we're reborn to a new life in Christ. And so I think it's kind of this picture of, of God's giving them this opportunity for this rebirth of you can have new life in me, but you're choosing not to. Um, so he's, it's like a picture of a baby about to come out of the womb, but it chooses not to come out. Well, if you know anything about childbirth, a child that gets stuck in the birth canal gets in a lot of danger and it's, it's not, um, it can become like a life or death situation if they choose not to come out when it's time to come out because it can suffocate them. Um, and so I think that this is even just medically a picture of what's happening to Israel, that God is saying, you have this opportunity to be reborn and have new life. And you're choosing not to take that opportunity. And that will mean death for you. And for them, it was spiritual death and a lot of physical death as well. You hit on um, in verse 16. <laughs> now I got to pull my notes up because I lost them. There they are. Okay. In verse 16, where it talks about pregnant women being ripped open by the sword and all of that, um, I think a lot of times we read these passages and and we put them in our 21st century glasses and take them out of context for, oh my gosh, we, you know, it's so mean that they would do that. And why are they talking about people like that? And I kind of want to break that down a little bit. Um so I went to a commentary to better understand the culture. And this commentary is Dwayne Garrett and it's the new American commentary. And he says, uh, Yahweh had already in the metaphor of the pregnant women with the breech baby, which is from verse 13 implied that both mother and child would die. What Yahweh had declared figuratively the death of mother and child. Hosea now speaks of literally the final outcome of the fertility cult is the carnage of babies and pregnant mothers throughout the country. The metaphor of Lady Israel and her three children, Jezreel, Lo Ruhama, and Lo Ami, has reached its denouncement and slaughter that is anything but literary and symbolic. And I just thought we needed to kind of put that into perspective. Yeah, yeah, because um, it ties in the beginning and reminds you of where we started with this story. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I didn't think about that. Yeah, me either. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to make that not sound terrible. Not that I'm trying to like protect God because he doesn't need my protection, but Mm -hmm. how can we better understand what's being said here? Yeah. Well, and too, I have um, part of what my commentary was talking about is the the nature of the Assyrians. (laughs) My dog sees a squirrel outside. This is truly. (laughs) (laughs) He would. (laughs) Um, but the nature the character of the Assyrians, they were brutal people. And so, um, I think part of that too, is like the the history of what kind of people the Assyrians were and who Israel would be going into captivity to. Like these were not just some, you know, some other country. It was like brutal, awful people. And so, um, that part too, with the history of that. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our little podcast here um, and for studying Hosea with us. Tune in next week as we wrap it up and finish Hosea in chapter 14. I can't wait to uh, get to 14. Emily, we're almost done. Holy cow. Y'all have made it through. All right. Um, Ladies, go out and be bold.